Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And, and hello ladies and gentlemen. Jazz Stratto here from Jazz Stratto. Let's play here today to do a Doctor Strange review. And with me as always is my very good friend and very big Marvel movie buff, Ventus the Time Lord. You had to say that, didn't you? <laughs> yep, I did. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Vanessa Time yeah. Um, as you can guess, we're here to review Doctor Strange, and like James said, yes, I'm a huge Marvel buff. Mm-hmm. Now, oh. in this review, we are reviewing, of course, Doctor Strange. The movie was released in Australia on the 27th of October, I only saw it recently. And in this, we will be diving deep, breaking it down into three sections, which will be the plot, the characters, and, of course, the soundtrack. Cool. We're going to talk about the soundtrack. I always forget to talk about the soundtrack. Seems <laughs> <laughs> like thought it made perfect sense to do that, but okay. True, but still, yeah. Yeah. So, first section, of course, is the plot. Alright. <laughs> Where do we start? Um, well, I can just give you... I, we'll just start by stating this. This movie actually doesn't exactly... T well... It kind of takes place after Captain America Civil War, but it doesn't at the same time. It kind of takes place over the course of a year, which is very different for a Marvel movie we've seen to mm. this day, because most of the time we're usually just seeing a movie that's taken place directly after the events of, um, of the last one, but this one actually takes place within the same year that Civil War takes place from, from what we assume. Yeah, well, somewhere... I believe between Civil War and the latest one, Thor's going to appear in. So, and at least um, where Spider-Man's going to show up in the next year as well. So true. So it's obviously a like I think the movie starts before Civil before Civil War, maybe at the same roughly mm. the same period as Ant-Man, maybe a bit after that, and then it somehow crosses into the same time because even though that the as it, so this is a spoiler review, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to put spoiler alert, <coughs> excuse me, spoiler alert at the beginning of this, uh, review, so, yeah. Uh, okay, cool, because I, I just went mind blank for a second, but <laughs> the reason I was going to say is because I wanted to just make this clear, if you're expecting there to be, like, a connection to Civil War in terms of Sokovia Accords and the whole registration thing, well, you're not going to find it in this movie, that's for certain. No, the only connection to Marvel Avengers and that is the connection to Thor at the moment. At this time. Yeah, like, I think, like, there is, and of course, the expanding universe with, like, the Infinity Stones and even making, they re well, they reference the Avengers a few times, but it's mm. not, but it's not like where, it's not like you're going to see any of the current Avengers, like, yeah, you'll, yeah, just saying, um, when you get to the post, the mid-credit scene, you will see a certain Thunder God, just <laughs> set up a film, but don't expect to see, like, the other Avengers, like Cap or Iron Man, which I thought was actually going to happen, because there were so many rumours circulating that the credit scene was actually going to be Iron Man coming to see Doctor Strange, but obviously totally got that wrong and got mm. cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, that's just kind of the background. The plot itself is quite an interesting plot, though. Like, um, 
I'm going to read this a little bit. It's written by Marvel. It's a um, yeah. little plot summary. It's not the full synopsis. So, Marvel's Doctor Strange follows the story of the talented neurosurgeon Doctor Stephen Strange, who, after a tragic car accident, must put ego aside and learn the secrets of the hidden world of mysterious and alternative dimensions. Based in New York City's Greenwich Village, Doctor Strange must act as an intermediary between the real world and what lies beyond, using a vast <coughs> excuse me, array of metaphysical abilities and of artifacts to protect the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, that's actually probably one of the best plot summaries slash synopsis I've ever heard in terms of describing a movie in a short paragraph. Well, that is done by Marvel itself, so... Yeah, like... Yeah, thank you, Marvel. <laughs> thank you, Marvel, <laughs> thank you very much, Marvel, indeed. That does a much better job than Wikipedia, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm reading this off IMDb, so. Ah, uh, yeah, I've I've got all I've got open is my spoiler-free review that I did uh, did weeks ago. <laughs> um, so, overall, what do you actually think of the plot? Well, for an origin movie, like this is the thing when we're seeing origin stories, we. I'd honestly say it's a good one. Like, it kind of feels very familiar at the same time. Like, most origin stories have got... In fact, it feels like Iron Man's origin story, but told better. In mm. my like, I think the one thing that I really liked about this movie more than I liked about Iron Man is that most of the time, Stephen Strange is still a dick. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like, even after he's gotten all these powers and after the, he's learned how to master sorcery and all that... He's still an arrogant dick. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Tony Stark's a bit like that in the first Iron Man, and it crosses over into Iron Man 2, but unlike that, he's still... Uh, he, Iron Man was prepared to go around and save the world, while Stephen Strange doesn't really have any interest in that. Like, he does, but not to the point where he's going to go, oh, yeah, by the way, I exist in the Marvel Universe. I'm going to make myself known and become a hero and reveal <laughs> myself to the world kind of thing. So, mm. Well, the Order is a sacred order. The the real world doesn't actually know about them. Yeah, exactly. Like, as um, the character Wong describes, they their kind deals with the threats that are mystis mystical and invisible to the mm. rest of the world, not um, like the Avengers who deal with the physical threats. That is true. So, but as a, as a plot goes, I think it's actually one of the better origin stories we've had in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, mm. I mean, Iron Man's story... Billion, genius billionaire playboy philanthropist Captain America is a person who couldn't go to war but ends up doing it Hulk's a scientist Thor's a god Ant-Man's a petty <laughs> crook which was actually probably one of the, my other favourite origins but, mm. Stephen's, but Stephen Strange is just an arrogant dick and yet he turns into and he becomes a hero but he's still a dick anyway mm, I think the most favourite part of the whole movie I see is um, when he's fighting in the New York uh sanctuary just after being blown through it and the cape is trying to pull him in one direction that is funny it's de that's de there's definitely that's marvel cinematic universe humor that we all definitely love. and i think that's what it really keeps trying to do like it still keeps the humor that most mcu films do and i think that's still its charm i mean yeah i know people i don't want to make a war about dc here and all that but honestly <laughs> it's still i still will just say this going off topic for just a second, DC can still be funny. <laughs> True. So, but yeah, I think overall the plot 
is a good plot. Like, I think out of all the superhero movies that I've seen this year, it's actually a, a plot that I enjoyed the most. Like, I love Civil Wars plot. I mm-hmm. love Batman v Superman's, and I love Suicide Squads, but... I And, well, yeah, and Deadpool's. <laughs> of course. Can't leave Deadpool's love story nope. out. <laughs> no, 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 no. But for, um... But for an origin story, I really enjoyed it. Like, there was... Yeah, I, I don't really have much words for it. It's, it was just a really good origin um, in comparison to the other origins we've seen. I just preferred the idea that he was a simple person who was arrogant and a jerk. But in the and in the end, even though he chooses to protect the world, he still isn't a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, and he doesn't even know what an Infinity Stone is either. Uh, just like this, an Infinity what? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but actually, one thing I will admit before we talk about the characters and whatnot mm. is I did like the idea of going between the other the other dimension, the mystical dimension. Like, I mean, mm. at times I thought, and I know, and just saying before I when I say this quote, I don't know what a drug trip is like, but sometimes I just thought we were actually watching a giant drug trip. Pretty much, yeah. Because some of the things that happened in that movie, like when we were first talking thrown into the mystical realm and he was going through like that 2001 a space odyssey reference yeah. i just thought um okay what the hell am i even watching anymore oh what about scene? when the uh, we got first introduced to the ancient one in her first um battle scene in london um, like inception <laughs> yeah the, going everywhere and that yeah the Inception... Yeah, but like I'm going to say... Like I said this to a few of the guys I went and saw the movie, I said, told you it wasn't Inception. It's all a lie. That's all dreams. This is all mystical realm. No such thing and stuff and alternate dimensions. But the one thing I will admit that I really like about this alternate mirror dimension is the fact that Marvel Cinematic Universe has done exactly what the DC TV shows have done and opened it up to the multiverse. Mm. It's opened it up for like... Because there's also because the Marvel Cinematic Universe is more based off the normal Marvel Universe, but there's also the Ultimate Universe. There's all the other ones. So I think it's interesting that Marvel has opened it up for the possibility of us seeing something else in the future. Like hell, even the multiverse might even open up the direction for the X Men to come in. Well, there has been news about that today, hasn't there? A little discussion, yeah. It's been talked about that a bit, but. Not gonna hold my breath just yet. Like no. I think, I think. Well, with the fact that Fox have been talking about rebooting their X Men franchise, I'm just gonna not comment on it until uh-huh. we know for sure, kind of thing. <sighs> Sorry about that, guys. I've had a long day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sound like you have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next section, the characters. And. What better way to start off with the man himself? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. Oh, I'll let you, I'll let you have a go before I delve in. <laughs> well, I thought he actually portrayed the character so brilliantly it wasn't funny. Yeah, like, well, it, it was the role that I think was perfect for him because he kind mm. of brings over his Sherlock role in this. Yeah. Like, there. I like. Here's a bit of trivia for those fans who wanted to know who was actually in the, who was actually originally promised for the role. Like Benedict Cumberbatch was the last person. Like they actually wanted him from the start, but he kept saying no because of, um, because of the fact he was busy. Like he had so much on, but they actually delayed the film just so that he could actually be in it. 
Um, so apparently the following actors they were actually considered for the role in- included the Joker himself, Jared Leto, um, Joaquin Phoenix, Colin Farrell, and the guy from Grey's Anatomy. What, McDreamy? Yes, McDreamy. Apparently he was one of the original people they wanted for Doctor Strange. Good God. But at the same time, he actually has the look for the character. Mm. Um, well, a few years ago he did. I mean, he's a bit... I don't think he, he could ever do it now, but back then <laughs> he actually did have the look. Mm. Well, But when they gave Benedict come, But I think it was interesting that they actually literally waited for him just to finish his work, just for him to actually do the role, which is great. <laughs> Pretty much. But the thing is, now Cumberbatch is in a, is a superhero. That's the most important thing. He's, like, oh, in the big leagues now. Well, in the MCU, at least. Yeah, anyway. Well, yeah, that's that's the big leagues. I mean, he's signed a pretty good contract. I've seen his contract. I've seen him. Si- I've seen his signed contract for a several films, so I think we're keeping him on for a while. Mm. I th- but as a character, like I mentioned when we talked about the plot, I really liked how he could play the arrogant person with an ego who who actually, even when he's learning his powers, he's still arrogant and even looks into stuff that he shouldn't look into. He, But the fact is, that's what makes him so intelligent and so good, is the fact that he actually is interested. Mm. And he has to learn everything. And he's, and like, he's, all, he's a fast-learning student, and that's what makes um, Strange such an interesting character. But for Cumberbatch, yep. it was... Well, actually, here's what my review said about Benedict Cumberbatch. It says, Benedict Cumberbatch... Benedict Cumberbatch plays a fantastic asshole turned sorcerer in one of his best betrayals yet. <laughs> the evolution of his character is enjoyable and fun, despite the fact that it feels like he hasn't changed much at all by the end of the film. Well, sort of. Yeah, well, you, you, you do see a, a change in his eyes, really, don't you? Yeah, you kind of see... The, I, I think one of the biggest examples to see his change is when he's talking to Christine, the, the nurse. Mm. Um, towards the end of the, f- towards before he's about to go and bat- do the final battle of the film, there's you can tell he's kind of, he's still the same person, but he does have that side of him that's mm. not as egotistical. Like True. that's the one thing. But yeah, like overall, Cumberbatch was born to play the role. That's <laughs> that mm. is a that is a no brainer right there. Like, and I can't wait to see him again in infinity or, or as it's apparently been teased he apparently is making a full appearance in thor ragnarok other than just a cameo we'll see but we'll have to find out that's just a bit it's kind of hinted by that post by that mid-credit scene mm. <laughs> all right moving on to the next character let's see if i can't say his name properly chuetel egio uh, 4 i think i just say chuetel ija 4 or something yeah then whatever as mordor or Mordo. Uh, well, I'll just speak a bit about this for a minute. Like, <laughs> I actually was quite shocked when I found out that he was cast as the character because I've seen him in the comics and cartoons and he looks nothing like him. But then mm. again, the Ancient One was also portrayed by a different gender and I was like, you know what, that's totally cool. And Mordo's... But Chiwetel Ejiofor is actually a very... plays the character very, remarkably mm. well. Um... Yeah, I'll, I'll. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> well, overall, I think he actually is sort of like um, Doctor Strange a little bit. He starts off as a pure asshole, and then it, by the end of it, even though he walks away, he actually mellows out a lot throughout the movie. I think, yeah, in a sense, so, so, uh. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> 
Uh, in a similar idea, I agree, but he also just seems to be one who follows a certain belief at the start of the film. Mm. Like, you know, he's so... He... Like he's so he's such a servant to the agent one. I I know there's a there's a specific word for it, um, but and the thing is he follows in that code. He's like got that moral code, but he's more of an anti-hero than he is a um, than he is a hero or anyone like that. Because mm. the thing is in the comics he's a villain. That's he's a straight up villain. And well, I think that's where it's leading towards in the next one. So yeah, like I think. Yeah, like, I wasn't expecting him to stay good. Like, mm. that, that was always a plan, because Mordo has never been good in the in the comics. He's always been a guy who's always been a few steps ahead. I mean, not like Loki or Thanos, where he's always a step ahead of everyone, but more like he's always just got an agenda for his own mm. self. I mean, in the comics, he's the guy who serves Dormammu. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I like how he went from him being this crony to being a guy who's like, nah, I've got to find my own way. And when you see the post credit scene, you see what happens in that. You just go, well, where we go. There's Doc- Dr. Strange 2 confirmed everyone. Mm. Mordo's revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Doubt it. But I think Chiwetel El was a great, was actually a great cast for the character. He's not mm. my favorite Marvel character, side Marvel character they've included, but he's definitely what I'd like to see more character development for. True. Quite true. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, next um, cast member up for for our little talk, Rachel McAdams as Christine Palmer. Did I just say that I've actually, I really like it, McAdams as an actress? <laughs> yes. She's brilliant and whatnot. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was very excited when I found out she was going to be in um, this film, not because of the fact that she was going to be, like, the typical love interest for the character, even though, I mean, she kind of is, but she, at the same time, she isn't. No, she kicks his ass when he he needs to, or when she needs to. She's like moral support, I'd Mm. say. It's not like um, Jane Foster for Thor or um, Betty Ross for um, Hulk or even Pepper Potts in um, the later Iron Man movies. She's more like... um, I'd say she's more... Well, actually, she's more like Pepper Potts in the first Iron Man mm. movie. There was no real love att- attraction or anything. Like, there was a tiny bit, but you wouldn't notice it. Like, you know that they've been in a relationship or something, but there's no real thing. And I think that is what made her character enjoyable, was, like, she's not a love interest. Mm. She is, but she isn't. And I prefer it that way, because I was over... Once Jane Foster's character got worse in Thor The Dark World, I was so hoping that there'd be a chance where they could just make a love interest, give them a more interesting character development. True. <laughs> like, the fact is, I wrote here that she was a tough character, wasn't just there to be a love interest. In fact, she does, she didn't even feel like a love interest at all, but more a character who can deal with Strange's arrogance. Hmm. <laughs> I'd like to see her in a sequel, actually, because she plays that character really well. And Like I said, I really like Rachel McAdams as an actress. She's just... She always surprises me with each role she gets. I mean, yeah, mm. like... Especially from that first major role she was ever in, I was like, "Oh, wow!" <laughs> I still like the bit where um, Strange is on the surgery table. She's trying to fix him, and he comes in as comes astro projection. As astro projection scares the crap out of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, one thing. Just going back to the plot for a minute. That's another thing I really liked about the film was the spiritual astrophysical concept they introduced in the film. Mm. Like 
really acknowledging that some of those beliefs, like, I mean, I've got everyone's got their opinions, but it really goes that way. Like, there's such, that Marvel went that far to kind of bring out the that side, the spiritual side, as well as the um, in the form of mysticism. True. Thought that was really interesting, but yeah, I actually do. I love that scene. I actually love how he continues to, and actually the fight scene in Astro, Astral um, form when he's fighting the other guy. Mm. <laughs> I just thought, okay, this is random. You can see everything, and nobody knows what's going on in the background, but everything's just moving, and they're just beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked it. We can move on from it now. She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next character is Benedict Wong as Wong. Yeah, that's 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 very original, Marvel. <laughs> Pretty you, much. You hire a Benedict to play Doctor Strange, and then you hire another Benedict to, with the last name Wong to play Wong. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I didn't really write much about. I didn't actually write anything about him in my review because the thing is, his role wasn't like I'm not saying it was a bad role. It was just really small in comparison to what I thought. But mm. from what I did like about his character was that. You're right. He ha- has literally. He had literally. He was so bland. Like he, like not in a bad way. It was more like he doesn't laugh. And mm. then when you see the end of the movie, it's hilarious. True. He's <laughs> got the weirdest personality. Like the fact that he listens to Beyonce after it goes. Um, Wong is that like Adele or Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I, Although. Mm. It would be nice to see how he kicks ass. Well, I, I, I'd have, I, I'm sorry, but I have to tell you that he's going to be in Avengers Infinity War, so we might not have to wait too long. <laughs> True. I mean, but the thing is, he's very different. They've made this Wong very different to the comic portrayal, because in the comics, he's just a butler, mm. essentially. Like, he's not really anything more than that. In this, they've actually made him, like, a proper sorcerer and a... Um, Guardian. Well, he's the head librarian, protector of all knowledge. So that's what makes that's what I prefer, that's what I like about him. And this is like they haven't just made him another butler. <laughs> mm. And my favorite part with him, I think, is um, where he's listening to Beyonce, and then you see Doctor Strange's hand come in from behind and nick the books. Typical Strange. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I don't he's know. like, huh, huh, huh? What the hell is going on? Bloody Wong. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we'll see more of him in future films for sure. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> moving more. along. Mads Mikkelsen as K. Killis. Kakilius. Kakilius, that's it. <laughs> oh. The main protagonist of this of this movie. Yeah. Well Well you discover he really isn't. <laughs> no. By the end you don't, but Okay, this is something that happens in every Marvel movie. There's only been a few exceptions, but why cannot? Why can't the MCU get their villains right? Mm. Like, unless your name is Loki, Ultron, and even though there are fans who hate him, Zemo, <laughs> you're not getting villains in the MCU have best have just been weak. Yeah, well, I think they're all leading up to Infinity War. Yeah, like, I'm hoping that they don't, they keep, like, I mean, what I like about Thanos is that they've got his build-up. The build-up for him is brilliant, because we just see glimpses, and for all we know, he's just this big threat, but I hope when we get to him finally, he's not that, 
Well, you do see a bit more of a, well, not storyline, but a bit more of what his character is like in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, true. But the point I'm trying to make is I'm just hoping that, like this villain, we don't get the same, we don't get a similar problem. Like, Mm. I, I thought there was so much potential for this character because this is Mads Mikkelsen, the guy who plays Hannibal in Hannibal in Hannibal. Mm. And he was also that great villain in Casino Royale. And I thought, okay, he's going to be, he's, he's perfect. He's a, he can only play villains. He's so good at playing villains. Mm. Then they made his villain pretty much one dimensional. Like it was so. Blaine. Very little, bla- very little backstory, like the tiniest bit of backstory, but it wasn't enough. Like you just said, he was originally a, te- a student of the ancient one, but he would delve deep into the darker arts. Yeah, okay, brief, but not too much. Mm. One thing that Loki does right is the fact is you get all his backstory, and he has character development. Ultron may have been in one movie, but the thing is, at least he was enjoyable and had a decent personality. And you sort of learn about Ultron's past throughout the movie. Yeah, like, you and... And you learn that he's this is, and he's actually the basic reflection of what if if um, artificial intelligence did come to mind. They, he sees the um, he sees the what the world's like. But with Kakilius, it's just like he's just a villain. He's just another villain getting in the way. I'd say like well, it's like he's just uh, another henchman for the um, Dorm- Dark Realm. Yeah, Damamu. Yeah, like although that's another thing I want to briefly bring up alongside um, Kakilius is that. I liked the build-up we were getting with Dormammu for the entire film. Like, we just got all these mentions, like, Dormammu, ruler of the Dark Dimension, Dormammu this, Dormammu that. I was like, cool, does that mean we're going to see him in in the second film? (laughs) And then he was in the end of the film, and I just thought, okay, um, we could have had more build-up. Probably. Like... This is, like I said with Thanos, what I'm liking about Thanos is we've only seen glimpses of him in mm. three films. We haven't really, and it, all the build-up in time for Infinity War. In fact, by the time we get to Infinity War, we'll probably get more backstory on him. But the point is, I like the build-up. Like, mm. just, and Dormammu's build-up was just, it could have been better if we just waited another film. It's kind of like Spider-Man 3, how we got Venom, and we could have, at the end of the movie, and yet we could have had him just introduced him at the end of the movie and save him for another film kind of thing. True. I don't know. The point, but anyway, back to Carcilius. Just back to Carcilius. I just think he had he had potential, and there were some really good scenes with him. But it just felt like there was very little development. Mm. They could have done so much more with him, and a bit of a waste of an actor. That's what I think. Like they could have done so much more with him. True. In fact, Carcilius could have played Dormammu, and I would have been totally cool with it. <laughs> In fact, he could have played Mordo, and I would have been totally cool with it. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's just my opinion. What's your overall opinion in the end? Well, as you know, I'm the simple type, but I think he is a good, well, not villain, but a good, how should I say this, sparring partner for Doctor Strange to learn how to, so he can learn his abilities. Yeah, actually, that's a good thing. Like, he's kind of like a roadblock. Like, he's the block, Mm. he's like a, a learning lesson. You've got to come across someone who's delved into the darkness and this is what you're going to become if you follow it. So he's, mm. in a sense, just kind of a learning lesson, which I think is fair. Like, some villains in MCU, you, you see them as that. Like, Ironmonger was basically a demonstration of why certain businessmen can't have suits, which is also expressed in Iron Man 2. Mm. Um, 
the villains in, in Winter Soldier for Captain America represented what would happen if the government was in control. It's all like that. Which So I guess there is some good things about Carcilius. Like, I don't think he's a terrible villain. It's just they could have done more. That's, yeah. In the end, that's what they could have done with him. Like, And I looked at him up in the comics, and he's not the biggest villain in the comics either. Like, He's not as huge as Mordo or Dormammu, mm. but he was like a character. We need to pick a villain. We may as well put him in. That's what matters. I think we've been. I think we've kind of talked a lot about the villain right now. I think we should move on because we could be here all night. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Moving up to the next main character, Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. Oh, I'm just gonna say, I am so glad they did not portray the Ancient One as a male. <laughs> no. Like, I was all for it when they were casting because the thing is I'm reading the comics seeing a few animated things the ancient one is a wise old man like you could see like actors like Bill Nighy or um, Morgan Freeman in the role or something but Mm. the moment they cast Tilda Swinton I was a bit like okay this is an interesting choice female okay but when seeing her first time on screen I just thought Marvel you Marvel you son of a bitch you've done (laughs) you've done a great job here True. Like, Marvel made the right decision. Like, I've spoken to so many people about what they thought about the Ancient One. They thought that she was by f- one of the best casting choices they've made. Hmm. So what do you, but what do you think? Well, I think she just kicks ass, basically. She helps uh, Doctor Strange through his path to hopefully uh, help the world. And become the Sorcerer Supreme. Maybe one day, but we'll see. Well, after all, the, the Ancient One is the original Sorcerer Supreme, and Stra- in the comics, Strange eventually does become that, but I think he needs to overcome another obstacle to become that, in a mm. sense. Like, Though I will admit, having the power over an Infinity Stone kind of makes you eligible of being the Sorcerer Supreme. True. Um, I think, though, I mean, I'm a bit, it's a bit of a shame that she was only going to be in one movie. Like, mm. I really would have liked to see the Ancient One... In well, a- she disappeared from in the uh, astro form, but that doesn't mean she's actually dead. She could reappear in the astro form to help Strange later on. We just don't know. True, but what I was going to say is, I, I, I wanted her to be in Infinity. I would have loved to have seen her in Infinity War. <laughs> because the thing is, she's kind of a representation about like because there's been a lot of discussion lately now that we've seen Doctor Strange about how her character may tie into the Infinity Stones as a whole. Mm. Like, we know we've seen it in Infinity Stone now in um, Doctor Strange, which is the Time Stone, but the question is, how did she get it? Like, it's like the question of how do all these um, Infinity Stones link? Like, how did... Why, why was the Time Stone on Earth? How did um, the Dark Elves have the Aether? How, the Power Stone was used for years. The Mind Stone was in the, was in the hands of Thanos for so long. It's like, how did the Time Stone come in come to be like that's the one thing i'm looking forward to about mm. infinity wars that origin like and the ancient one is the one who has the answer really in the end and we never find out and that's one thing that i if she does make an appearance in infinity war i'd like it just to be a bit more of an explanation as to how what she knows about the infinity Wars. because obviously the sorcerers know something that we that about them because wong says um having knows it's an infinity stone and that's the that's the big thing the fact that he knows what it is it obviously means the sorcerers know what they are like mm. it's not just 
it's not like Thor because Thor knows what they are because well he's an as he's Asgardian. So the question is why does the why do the sorcerers know? Mm. And as I think I said, moving along to the last um, main character, we've spoken him a bit about it tonight, Domamu. Should I mention that he's actually been he's been he's played by Benedict Cumberbatch as well? Yeah. I think that's actually quite interesting, but then again, he's had so much practice playing um stop motion um characters. I mean, the fact is he did um well, that's nice. The fact that he did um, Smaug in Lord of the Rings and the Necromancer slash Sauron in... I mean, not Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. The Hobbit. I think it's good that he's, had, he's getting a bit more practice at yeah. playing the role. But honestly, you got to remember, the best part about that role was, Dormammu, I've come to bargain! Like 20 million times. <laughs> That's what the Time Stone does, though. <laughs> True. Like as, But like we mentioned with Carcilius before when talking about Dormammu, could have had more build-up, could have been given a more... Could have... Could have put, put him in the post credit scene. Honestly. He mm. should have been in the post credit scene. Like, um, Thanos that was it. at the last... At, um... The last one we watched with, uh... Age of Ultron. Yeah, like how Thanos appears at the end of, um... Both the Avengers and Age of Ultron, um... Credit scenes like that, and kind of like mm. I would have preferred Dormammu to appear. Like I get that Mordo's appearance at the end making sense to set up the future film for that too. Mm. But having this villain not appearing in the film, just appearing at the end, would have been much would have been like fan service. Pretty and much. Just go, oh my god! Oh my god! Dormammu's coming in the next film. Ooh. <laughs> That's what I would have loved to have. But I mean, Marvel doesn't always get a hundred percent with that. But the thing is. That's mm. all I can really say about Dormammu. Like, he would have been a great villain. And the thing is, you don't really see much of him either, that, other than the fact he kills Doctor Strange like 20 freaking times. <laughs> but, yeah, I really think that's the w- w- the weakest thing. The weakest part about this movie is its villains. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm just waiting for something to load here. There we go. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and the last um, section for tonight's uh, review... Is of course the soundtrack and the verdict. Can't leave the verdict. Oh, and the verdict as well. Yes. So, what do you think of the soundtrack? Um, interestingly, before the movie got was released, they actually released the credits um music, and mm. it gave this very western slash eighties film um music um to feel feel to it. Like, do you know why? No, I don't. The actually... song "Shining Star" was done by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, okay, that's that's actually. I'm actually looking at the uh, complete list of the songs, which you can download on iTunes and Amazon if you wish, guys. Yep. So the songs we have, as I said, are "Shining Star" by Earth, Wind, and Fire, "Feels So Good" by Chuck Ma- Magnolia, "Interstellar mm. Overdrive" by Pink Floyd, of course, and "Single Ladies Put a Ring on It" by Beyonce, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was in the movie, so... I know, but it makes me laugh all the time when that gets mentioned. Yeah. Um, but as the orchestrated music goes, like, in terms of, like, the character themes, the mm. battle themes, it was a good setup. Like, I actually really liked Strange's main theme. Like, I always like when they have a character theme for each character. Like, Iron Man had a great theme in Iron Man 3, Captain America's theme in Winter Soldier and Civil War fantastic. Um, the Guardian's music, it's all good. And I think that Strange's theme is pretty original. Like, it really shows his character. It kind of, re- it kind of even gives a... I'd have to listen to the theme again. I haven't listened to it for a while. 
Some, I was invited to go see Doctor Strange again last night, but I was a bit under the weather. Like, I'm not sick, but more like I'm, try, I'm still recover, I'm just trying not to get sick kind of thing. So Because you this. are currently doing a production. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he wanted to. Go, he he went and saw it. I haven't heard from him whether he liked it or not. But I was. I would have. I would have. I would have gone and seen it last night if I wasn't feeling a bit <laughs> like I don't really want to go. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the word. Exhausted. <laughs> and who was that in the background? My mom. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. I think the music's fantastic overall. Like, it's not my favorite themes in the Marvel Universe, but it's mm. good, and the, I mean, out of general soundtrack, it's nothing compared to Suicide Squad or Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> no, but it is interesting to listen to. Yeah, but I think the 80s feel about it, like, in the themes, it kind of made me think of Stranger Things, which mm. has been on Netflix, so, I mean, come on, stop to Stranger Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. boom <laughs> <laughs> All right, and yeah. moving on to the last section for this podcast is our own verdict. Now, what do you think of it, Chris? Well, let's see. I have two paragraphs where it's already <laughs> those. Go ahead. I'll just, I'll just say the visual effects and music are a standout in this film. Those visuals of the mind-bending extramental world of the Ancient One was a massive WTF, but a good WTF. Some say it's similar to Inception, but trust me, it's a whole lot crazier than that. And the music, awesome. Final note, keep an eye out for Easter eggs if you're a fan, and I'd suggest to wait till the end of the credits. But seriously, who doesn't wait until after the credits? But my verdict, I believe the direction of Marvel is taking with their new films is the right direction. After the, su- the success of Captain America Civil War, I'm not surprised. But Doctor Strange, to me, surpasses it in all ways, despite the fact it's in a genre of its own. Mm. It's not my favourite MCU film, that'd be Winter Soldier, but it's definitely my second favourite. I cannot wait to see Stephen Strange and his world of mysticism return in, the f- in future films. I gave it 10. (laughs) (laughs) In my review, I thought the storyline was good. Characters improved throughout the movie. Graphics were friggin' amazing. Uh, Don't know what else I can add there, but I can tell you one thing. My mother really loved it. She came with me and saw it. That was her first MCU movie at the cinema scene, and she just loved it overall. Oh, good. (laughs) Hmm. Um... Yeah, oh, for the, pe- for the people I went and saw it, um, yeah, they all loved it too. Brogan loved it, Jordan loved it, Mum loved it. Um, Mitch. It, Mi- oh, Mitch didn't go. No, I, th- I thought he did. No, he did Not didn't. with you, but I think he went by himself, he was saying. Oh, so he has seen it, okay. I but think. He yeah, because he didn't come with me, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they all, he has they no all. internet, so he's a bit hard. And he had no mo- actually he had no money either. <laughs> mm. Like he told me that he wasn't. He told me he wanted to come, but he said no, I can't make it. We had like the tiniest bit of time. Uh, never mind. Anyway, the point is, everyone that I know who's seen it loved it. Mm. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is the main reason. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the movie itself is great, but Benedict Cumberbatch. I think that's the reason it's making so much money is the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch is in the movie <laughs> and it's Marvel. Mm, I think it's cleared something like a hundred something mil already. Actually, I'll just quickly. I'm just going to quickly check that, like while we're here, just so we can give an update to the fans to know that Doctor Strange is making decent amount of money. Hold on, I've got it. I've got it up right now. Um, crap. Let's see. Um, worldwide. Um, the, hold on. Let me just go. Let me just look up something else. In the- <laughs> 
verdict to see if it's actually crossed a certain line yet. I don't know if it is reached in the top ten yet. It is... Uh, it's about 494 million, so it hasn't crossed into the mm. top ten yet, but it's not far off. <laughs> it will, True. It'll overtake X-Men Apocalypse soon. <laughs> <laughs> Which surprised me that didn't make much money. God, Disney's like on fire this year. Like, if you look at the top four movies, they're all Disney-related movies. <laughs> Yeah, well, considering we did get the, uh, Cin- not Cinderella, it's, um, Beauty and the Beast trailer dropped today, so... Yeah, um, just to all the people listening to this, slash watching this, listening, watching, never mind. The point is, go and watch that trailer, it's actually pretty good. I will put a link to IMDb's, um, page for, um, Beauty and the Beast, and you can watch that as well. Yep. Um, but I think to end this off, we'll just be saying, well, obviously the next Marvel, basically just imply what our next Marvel movie will obviously be. Mm. And that would obviously be the Guardian sequel. <laughs> Which is going to be so much fun. And that soundtrack, we're definitely going to be talking about a fair bit. Oh, yeah, I mean, we know that there's going to be an amazing soundtrack in oh, that. Oh, yeah. Always. You haven't, trail- you haven't seen the teaser for that yet? Go and watch it. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Not the best teaser, but it's pretty good <laughs> well it's got baby Groot in it come on as I, I was going to say there is a part to yeah there's a good there are good parts I mean but it's just it feels it's like there's not much to there's really not much to see but it gives you a bit of a glimpse of how of the of that it's still gonna it's truly a Guardians film mm. kind of thing <sighs> alright I think I think we're good <laughs> <laughs> well at 40 just under 41 minutes yeah I think that's a pretty good review it's basically like doing a podcast <laughs> Which we do next week. Yep, when I'm completely off <laughs> showtime, I'll be back free as a bird. <laughs> anyway, guys, um, I'd like to thank my very good friend and co-host, Ventus the Tunnel, for joining me tonight. No problemo, it's good to do a full review about this movie and finally be able to say it with spoilers, because after all, Mitch demanded I do something to do a spoiler-based review, and I said, yeah, I'm not doing that until I feel like, until the movie's been out for at least two two or three weeks. And by the time I saw it, it had already been out for that anyway, so... <laughs> exactly, so it worked out, it, it all worked out in the end. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, Ventus's channel will be down in the description uh, on YouTube and on SoundCloud, it's always in my um, description box, so... As always, guys, until next time, this is Jastrado saying see you later on Jastrado. Let's play. See ya from Ventus the Time Lord. <laughs>